Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Colossal Supremo. Go! Your destination for soccer talk with Emmy Award winning play by play man Dan Dilley Squirt. and international soccer savant Rick Tittle. Work it, work it. Let's kick it off. I cannot believe it's been this long since we've done it, Rick, but it's time for another edition of Golasso Supremo. We will talk about your trip to Europe, yeah. your favorite club. Uh, blanking its own diaper as it, it has repeatedly <laughs> again and again and again. My plucky little Chelsea squad, the youngsters rising up, doing some pretty significant things in Europe. And uh, my trip to the Oakland Roots, Rick, as I went yeah. back to my roots, some local soccer. But first, we got to start with some pleasantries and some good afternoons. How you been, my brother? I missed you. I miss you too, Dibs. That's all I thought about the whole time I was in there is that we were not doing the Galassa Supremo. Uh, sent you a couple of pictures, um, and then we talked about the, the Raider game, and it was cool that I was able to do the, the pre and post from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But what happened was I uh, my plane landed uh, on October 1st at 2 o'clock, and the Champions League game between Tottenham and Bayern Munich was at 8 so I had to make my way from Heathrow to Chiswick to drop off bags to Bloomsbury to get the season ticket, which is like a credit card, uh, to get to Tottenham. And I still made it a couple hours early. You did. So no delays. Thank goodness. When I walked into that stadium, it is one of the most spectacular stadiums I've ever seen. And um, it's funny. I was talking to Levi Damien, who covers the Raiders, because he's like, what about this neighborhood? No offense. There's no way in America a owner would build a billion dollar stadium in the hood. It just wouldn't happen. It happened there because Tottenham has been there since 1882 and you're just not going to go to a new place. Right. And by in the hood, quote unquote, compare it to neighborhoods we've seen here in the Bay Area. I like it like an East Palo Alto or maybe a um, like a candlestick or. Uh, yeah, kind of like that. But it's a different feel because there's council flats, as we would say, projects. There's a high road, which is mostly dilapidated, crumbling brick buildings right. and things like that. Right. But still, even though it was a light rain, I got out at the Seven Sisters station. Normally, I would take a, a bus. I just did the half-hour walk. I did that uh, four times, actually, including the Raiders. Uh, but to get into that stadium, the the excitement was beyond belief. And I did. I took a lot of movies, you know, the Champions League song, and I sang along with all the, the Spurs songs. And it started off well, uh, Hyunming Sun with a goal against Bayern Munich. And the other thing is, Bayern Munich was the first team that I ever supported as a little kid when right, I went to right. Germany. I think I talked about it when I was of, five. Uh, clash of cultures for you then. Old uh, team, new team. Yeah, except, of course, I wasn't a vehement fan back then. I was just a little kid. Um, but uh, Tottenham got down 4-2, and at that point, they took their foot off the gas. They were going to take their 4-2 loss. But what they didn't realize is that there was still about 20 minutes left in the game, and Bayern Munich was not done scoring. And so it was pretty humiliating 
a seven to two defeat. Oh boy! And the good news is they they won yesterday. They're second in their group. They got to lick their wounds and just be second in the group. Uh, and uh, after beating Red Star Belgrade, uh, and that's the most important thing is to not blow up everything like a lot of people. Oh, you know, Pocatino's gone. And I'm like, what? Are you guys stupid? You're gonna fire a guy who's taking us to new heights because he's had a bad week. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. It's been more like a bad month for Pocatino, but you can't really put all of the the blame at his feet, in my opinion. You've got mm. underperforming players. You've had a couple of injuries, a couple of key injuries, and really a side that looks uninspired. So after you, you go to the Champions League beatdown, and I was watching that game, and my heart went out to you for traveling halfway across the world <laughs> to watch that motorboating, as we like to say. Mm. They come back the next, a couple days later, in the Premier League. Was it Carrow Road or Vicarage Road? It was one of those roads. No. Uh, Sir Francis Drake Boulevard? <laughs> <laughs> MacArthur? They went on the road and they lost another one, is all I know. East Were you 14th. at that one? Yeah. East 14th and High Street. It was not Norwich. It was not Watford. It was at the Amex Stadium in Brighton. Brighton, that's right. So I took the, yeah, six days later. Now, this is the thing. I felt bad because now Brighton had not won at home since May of last year. They had never beaten Tottenham in the Premier League. Now, they have only been in a couple of uh, times since 93. But the Tottenham players talked a lot of smack, like, we're going to bounce back, we're going to do this and that. And I'm like, yeah, this is a Premier League game, you know. And so that was a thing where um, I got a ticket from a guy who said, I'll meet you outside the train station. Because you had to go to Brighton to the main train station and take a different train to the ground, which was about 15 minutes away. So 15 I walked about 15 minutes away okay. by train. Kind of a BART situation. Yeah. And so um, I went out and there's a million people there. They're all trying to get to the station to go to the ground. And I did find the guy and it cost me a pretty penny uh, to get that one ticket. But the reason like I did what, it. 200 quid? $200. Okay. So about yeah. 125 quid or 150 or so. Yeah. But it's a once in a lifetime thing. It was, and I got it because I was in the Tottenham away end. And so that was a lot of fun to travel with the Tottenham fans and to, you know, wear the gear in enemy territory, wave the scarf. And what a beautiful little stadium. I think I sent you some pictures. Yeah. Uh, I did a little tweet of a little kind of panning video. It's an absolute beautiful stadium. And one, two minutes into the game, right in front of me, right in front of the Tottenham goal, uh, balls crossed and Hugo Lloris, for some reason, was on his heels, went backwards, the ball ends up bouncing, they head it in, he goes backwards and then he's like in writhing in pain. And I this is a terrible thing to accuse someone, but I thought it was I've been playing so poorly lately and I just made the most ridiculous mistake that since the World Cup final <laughs> and I thought he was faking it. But he did dislocate his elbow. They said a couple weeks. Then they said he's out for the season and now they're saying, well he's being evaluated. Either but, way uh, it was a get me out of here moment after giving up seven, a seven piece earlier in the week to give up a goal in that fashion, in the third minute, that's got to sting the ego just a bit. Yeah, it so you, did. So you weren't wrong to think maybe in the back of your mind that it could be one of these get-me-out-of-here moments. And he's French, so they uh, like to we, wave the white flag. No one capitulates like the French. <laughs> As Letterman said, they printed up, I'm a collaborator t-shirt. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they Letterman said they practice, they practice, if I could talk, running backwards and blowing kisses. Nice. <laughs> I the like old that. backpedal. Yeah, but anyway, he's a great player. But 
Um, so they lost, and、uh, you know, crisis talks.、Uh, this is as low as it's been since the gaffer's been there. And then a couple people had great joy. Like, aha, you went all that way, and they lost. First of all, I had an absolute blast at both of places. Of course. Absolute blast. Just like when I saw USA lose in the World Cup in Germany. Great time. So it's not all about whether they, you know, you go to the Coliseum and the Raiders lose, you go, well, that sucked. This is a different type of thing. The other thing is, somebody tried to say I was a bad luck charm, and I wouldn't have it because I have seen Tottenham win in London. So I'm not blaming myself either. If those were the first two games I had ever seen them play, I probably would think that I was a bad luck charm. And it's not like they were in epic form coming in. They were coming in off a loss to Leicester,、mm-hmm. a win over Southampton that was very uneven, and they were quite fortunate to get it done.、Yeah. And then the, the Brighton 3 0 loss. And oh, by the way, out of that, it's a 1 1 draw again at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Against hapless Watford, and that was one they absolutely pulled from the flames. And that one probably shouldn't have been a draw because d e l e Alli used his left arm to control a ball. It went to VAR. VAR, the first the ref says goal. VAR says on the screen, yeah decision, no, no goal. goal. Right. And I'm like, well, I hate it, but it is no goal. And the ref's like, no, 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 it is. Right. It was a bad graphic. Apparently, it was a goal the whole time. And that to me underscores the big problem with VAR and really instant replay. In all forms in、mm-hmm. virtually every sport, is a play like that. d e l e Alli hits the ball with his shoulder. Now, is it his shoulder or is it closer to his bicep?、Because、I think it was his bicep. Again, though, if we look、yeah. at it, the ball is bigger than the average shoulder.、Mm-hmm. So now are we talking about the center of the ball versus the center of his scapula? Because to me, it was close. Now, if the arm is out, Elongated, and you, you use your arm to bat it forward. That's an easy call.、Mm-hmm. But the shoulder controls, and you see him in the middle of the pitch when there's no goal at stake, not in the final third. A player takes one of those long crosses in the air and they, they kind of shoulder it down to themselves. That's fine. But when you do it in the penalty area, all of a sudden now we're wondering if it's handball or not. In real time, I thought it was a handball. When you watch the replay, It looks really close to the shoulder, and so I could see where they wouldn't overturn、mm-hmm. it because there was not clear and present danger or clear and pleasant evidence. It's funny. I thought the other way. I thought when I first saw it, I thought he, it was legal. And then when they slowed it down, it, went, it wasn't so much. It was arm and hammer instead of Count Scapula. Look at you. They, they pushed it forward、Frank、just a teeny bit. And Count Scapula. <laughs> I would have been very、uh, upset, but I almost kind of thought, do they want to make sure that Tottenham. Doesn't get relegated. I mean, is this on the take? I actually, I actually thought about that. Is Tottenham too important to lose to Watford? Because I started thinking that, that looked to me like it shouldn't have counted, but I will take it. Yeah, absolutely. Take it and run. And Tottenham has been the beneficiary of many VAR calls going their way here in the early days of、mm-hmm. the、uh, video assisted referee. It's Golasso Supremo after a long layoff. Rick Tittle, Dan Dibley reunited, and it feels so good. Peaches and Herb. Yes. One more thing about VAR. Many the, more things about VAR. It's a podcast. The Italian FA announced that they're going to start using VAR as an anti racism device. So, I mean, when you say VAR, you're talking about action on the field. I would think, well, you're using closed circuit cameras. But what they're going to do now is what they mean is that, like we saw in the match with Bulgaria and England, is that if they, if they see racism, they're now going to go to VAR and they're going to pinpoint who every one of those guys are. Great. That's an、mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant use of VAR. Hopefully, they don't stop the, the game and then we wait for the scoreboard and it either shows up as 
racism or no racism. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? So they put the fans in question in the box. Yeah. We, and then they show the replay. We all lip read. And then here comes the decision. <laughs> Just a dirty joke. <laughs> exactly. Off-color humor. <laughs> ill-timed remark. He ended it with an A, not an ER. And thank you. And that, that's ultimately <laughs> racism or no Both racism. Both ways, yeah. Okay. It's, we're trying to make light of That's obviously, a good line, yeah. Thank you. One of the worst parts of uh, soccer internationally. Fortunately, here in America, it doesn't seem, our racial problem doesn't seem to rear its ugly head on the pitch, but around the world, yeah. particularly in Europe, this problem has been far too prevalent. When there's no diversity, people will feel, if you're just one group, you're going to feel superior or you're going to feel victimized altogether, sometimes both. And uh, that's what we run into problems, especially in uh, in those countries. Now, up in five minutes, I'll tell you my Oakland Root story yeah. as they wrapped up their brief, brief it's home over. schedule. Yeah, it's a very brief okay. schedule they played. And uh, I was able to make the final game out at Laney College, which was an absolute treat. But first... The champions, <laughs> there's Wiener Schnitzel. The Champions League, Rick, match day three. I had a lot of Wiener I don't know if that's the actual lyric, but uh, I was close enough. <laughs> What's your takeaway, match day three? We saw some good ones, including Man City trying to get right with a win over Atalanta 5-1, despite facing a red card. Well, yeah, Atalanta is a... Uh, you know, they, they have a great history in Serie A, but they're no match for Man City. I will say this, um, something that might have gone past the boards, Lionel Messi with that goal uh, yesterday, he has now scored in 15 straight Champions League seasons. And it's hard to believe he's been playing for 15 years. Right. No one had ever done that before. And so, you know, there was a lot of people who thought you can't give him the, the Ballon d'Or when you know Cristiano Ronaldo has won uh, in the three toughest leagues in Europe, you can't penalize a guy for being loyal to one team. Now, listen, I would never say anything bad about either guy's game. They're both ridiculously amazing, some two of the best of all time. But I think it is worth noting that Leo Messi is still getting it done, and he's not elderly. I don't see any gray hairs or anything. No, still playing at a very high level. The one piece that he's yet to add to his puzzle, of course, the World Cup mm-hmm. trophy and... Hopefully he'll be around for one more crack. You can't really see him being around for two more cups, especially considering he already quit his national team some six years ago before returning. Yeah. And, um, you know, you think about Maradona at USA 94. That was a comeback. Remember that goal he scored at Foxborough in the rain and he ran at the camera with the maniacal face? Yeah. After the game, drug test kicked out of the World Cup. Yeah, oops. Who could have seen that coming? (laughs) I don't know if you've seen the Diego Maradona documentary on HBO, but it's very, very good. It comes highly recommended. Mm -hmm. A lot of the old footage from Napoli, and you don't realize, well, I didn't realize, for one, how Napoli had yet to win the Serie A title, the Italian First Division Championship, mm-hmm. and exactly what he meant to that city. It, you would have thought he was an Italian the way they feted him and received him. Yeah, and it helps that all Argentines have Italian last names like Maradona. But I was in Naples when he played for Naples. You were. Yeah, and I remember talking to a guy about him, and I remember his quote. He said, as a player, the best, as a man, no good. Wow. Yeah. And that's coming from a... A fan. A Napoleonic people that aren't necessarily <laughs> maybe the greatest group of people themselves. I, I was there in 1993 on my European trip with a mm-hmm. couple of my, my homies from Southern California. Mm-hmm. And I was walking with my two friends and a lady friend that we had met 
on the train. All of a sudden, the guy behind me spits on my shoulder. Ooh. He spits on my shoulder, and then he immediately goes to wipe it off. So he goes to grab my shoulder like, you know, scoozy, scoozy. Right. So I turn to the side to like, well, what's going on? A guy comes from the side, swooping in front, going for my fanny pack, I'll say uh. it. He goes for the fanny pack. My head's turned. I'm looking behind me right. to see the, the guy trying to clean off my shoulder, quote unquote. And this lady friend of ours immediately slaps down on my midsection and says something to him in Italian like, get the blank out of here. Wow. You're not robbing this American today. And I, I, so I swivel back around. I was like, what happened? She's like, that guy was trying to steal your stuff. And I was like... Whoa, man, thanks. Yeah. Grazie. You thought parking at the Northgate Mall was the worst of your problems, and then you go yeah. to Naples. Jeez, man. Northgate gets pretty rough. <laughs> Shout out Northgate 1, the old outdoor mall. You know what? When I was in Naples, there was a garbage strike. Here's the thing about Europe. they The police, the fire, the railroads, they can all strike. And so they do it, especially like, we're going to have the Olympics. Oh, yeah? Well, we're on strike. And it's like, we need you. Okay, now it's time to pay. But I just remember, taller than I can stand were the trash bag in Naples. Yeah, and it's, yeah. nobody knows trash like uh, the, the dirty Italians. Italians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, quick Champions League standings. Look, Rick, we're halfway through the six matches. Mm -hmm. uh, PSG and Real Madrid on top of Group A. They appear to both be pretty solid with Real Madrid Having drawn once, Club Brugge is uh, currently sitting third. Group B, you've got Bayern and Tottenham slightly ahead of Red Bull. And uh, goal differential is going to be huge there because Red Bull is... Oh, Red Star. Uh, Red Star, sorry. Mm -hmm. minus yeah, Red Bull is the uh, the Salzburg yeah, team. Right. Group C, Man City and uh, Diamo Zagreb. That's Red Bull, right? Diamo Zagreb, that's the Croatian team. No, it's Leipzig and uh, Salzburg, I think, are the Red Bull teams. Salzburg is yeah. the one that gets me. Mm -hmm. uh, Shakhtar is in third in Group C. Group D, Juventus and Atletico. Atleti looks to be pretty solid. Mm -hmm. Group E is where Red Bull sits. They've scored 11 goals, but they've sadly given up nine. Wow. Both trailing Napoli and Liverpool. Eric Coriel going on there. Seriously, big time vertical offense. <laughs> Barcelona and Inter leading a good Group F with uh, Dortmund and Slavia Praha mm -hmm. trailing there. And Group G, it is the aforementioned Leipzig, Leipzig and Zenit ahead of Lyon and Benfica. And then Chelsea. How about Chelsea? Yeah. Christian Pulisic with a nice pass as mm -hmm. a substitute, finding Batshuayi for the lone goal as Chelsea is able to beat Ajax and stay on top of that group. No, I mean, um, listen, you know, I'm not a Chelsea fan, but I'm a Christian Pulisic fan. I want to see him do well. And so that's, I think, his last two games, he has three assists, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. So uh, good for him. And, um, you know, I think a lot of Americans are like, why isn't he your starting center forward? I'm like, he's still young. He's on a whole new level now. And so he's participating in the Champions League. I think that's that's great. And of course, his... Twitter is he says uh, straight out of Hershey. That's his whole thing. Nice Hershey PA. Yes, you got to represent it. I yeah. think it's great that he's coming up with such a young team. How much do you think that helps his development? The fact that Mason Mount is in his late teens, early twenties. Tammy Abraham mm -hmm. in the same spot. Does that help a player like Christian Pulisic? sort of assimilate to the level a little bit more? I think so. When he's going up that Hershey Highway, he okay. really needs okay. to uh, relate to guys who, you know, it's, it's not like he's going in there with Franco Baresi and Paolo Maldini and guys who are, you know, smoking cigarettes and have hairy backs and tell him, just shut up, kid, and do what I do. So I think it helps. 
Let's look at the Prem. Let's quick, do it. Quick uh, Premier League standings check, and we'll uh, premiere or we will uh, promote. We will take a preview of match day 10 yes. in the Premier League. But looky, looky here, Rick, a blemish for Liverpool. Is that a is that a cold sore on your face, Liverpool? No. <laughs> it's nothing more than a pimple. Man U won. Liverpool won. They will not get perfect points this year. Should we all be in mourning over Liverpool's draw? No, but Tottenham go to Anfield, and I was uh, interviewed by my friend who runs a show in Vegas, the Liverpool fan, and he goes, Tottenham are a bit of rubbish right now, aren't they? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) But for them, yeah, they will not uh, play 38 games and get three points each time. Uh, Liverpool's running away with it right now, and to, you know, it's send shockwaves that they got a draw. So it's going to be hard. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, Tottenham looked so good against uh, Red Star, Belgrade, and it was mostly because Danny Rose didn't play. Oh, Danny but... Rose. <laughs> oh, Danny Rose, Danny Rose. <laughs> the past, the past is putrid. <laughs> oh, Danny That's Rose. Good. You're the Irish guy here. Yeah, a little oh, Danny Rose sure. for you. 8.30 Sunday morning, Liverpool and Tottenham. I'll be here with herbs. <laughs> no, wait, wait a minute. What? Yeah, because the Raiders are on KCBS because the Warriors are playing the same time as the Raiders. So there's no Raider pre and post. I'll be doing a show with Michael Urban while that game's going on. Because the Raider game's at 105, I believe, or 125, rather. So you'll the be Warriors doing... are at 1230, so there's no Raider coverage. On 95.7 The Game. Or well, there's just the game on KCBS, that's it. But we will have live tittle and herbs. Yes. Herbs and tittle. We will talk about Draymond's sweatbands. And that will be from 9 to 1? 9 or? to 11. Okay. I think it's just a real quick, how do you do, see you later. So just long enough for you to miss the entirety of <laughs> Tottenham <laughs> exactly and Liverpool. Right. Not going to complain about a shift. By the way, speaking of money, Veracruz in Mexico have not been paid for a month and they are they said that they are going to boycott. Now this was a couple of days ago. I have not gotten an update honestly. But if you can imagine that, I've seen this before in England, but it's never with a top flight team. It got close with Tottenham during the Irving Scholar days and the Midland Bank were going to make Tottenham go into administration, which we would call going bankrupt. But Veracruz, do you have an update? Well, I was just looking at the story and Veracruz players protest unpaid wages by standing still and letting Tigres score twice. This, an odd scene from Friday night in Liga MX play. We go to Mexico. Hello. (laughs) Who's the guy? Larry King for you. That's right. Cleveland, hello. Who's the guy? Hello. (laughs) Who's the guy? I forgot his last name, but he scored for Tigres. The other Tigres. Eduardo Vargas. The other one. Uh, Andre Pierre Gignac. That's it. Gignac. That's the guy that they want to rip his face off because they were going to honor the strike. So they said, we're going to score a goal and then we're going to stop. And then Gignac's like, screw it. You're not playing. And then he scored one. And then all his own <laughs> players are like, the hell are you doing? And so like every single reaction in Mexico was biggest scumbag in the history of the world. Wow. Maybe yeah. he missed the memo. He's like, well, if you're not going to, I'll go ahead and get a goal. Seriously, I'm trying to get me mine here. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm in a contract here. And Gignac's going to get his. <laughs> I got mine, girl. <laughs> and one other thing. I have an invitation for you, Dan Dibley. Uh-oh. Am um, I cordially invited? You are cordially invited. First of all, 
shout out to this is a Quake story. Chris Wondolowski signing a new deal. Saw that. No one's played more games. No one has more goals. Big congratulations to the East Bay product. Secondly, the uh, and you have some of the great calls in the history of the San Jose Earthquakes. You have a very good uh, uh, past with them. Um, the media night game is Wednesday. Jake Pisani uh, said, you know, Rick, uh, bring a white shirt and a black shirt. I'm 300 pounds. I'm not going to last long, but I'm inviting you wow. to come play with me in the media game at Avaya Stadium Wednesday night. It's this coming Wednesday? Yes. And it's, it's media versus media, or are we taking on the Quakes themselves? <laughs> the Quakes. I've been waiting to lock down Wando for <laughs> what feels like a lifetime, quite frankly. Yeah, I want to kick Shea Salinas into Rose Zed. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, it's media versus... I did this once for the All-Star game. They had a media All-Star game. And that, at the end of the game, I'd been playing the back. I came forward and I put it over the bar just so we could lose. Wow, no overtime. I thought that, my, I thought that my sports humiliations had ended in the 80s and I was wrong. So, as I said, I'm, I've just spent the last two weeks at the Hofbrau House. So, I don't know how long I'm going to last. Sure. But... Wednesday night, um, if you want to come. Now, here's the thing. They might say, we're going to be on a practice pitch. I mean, they might pull that on us. Right, right. But it's still. I'm going to need to be on the big field with uh, <laughs> full camera crews and all of the bells Chris and Danger field. I'm going to need Danger. I'm going to need Anthony Passarelli. Yes. I'm going to need whatever sideline reporter they're currently uh, Christopher employing. Sullivan. Is that who it is? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm a former uh, sideline <laughs> alum, as is the great Kate T. Scott. Yeah, I love Kate Scott. Yeah, she was awesome. So, mm -hmm. uh I will definitely mull that over, Rick. I, I have a little bit of soccer fever, and this comes on the heels of last weekend. I went to the Oakland Roots game. Yeah, tell us your story. Good friends of ours, the Morgans. Uh, shout out Tom Morgan. Their son, Nate Morgan, is a junior, all, as well as my son, Keon. Mm -hmm. They're both juniors at Skyline. They've been friends forever. Nate is a very good competitive soccer player. He plays for the Ballistic uh, Under-17 club out there in Pleasanton. They're mm -hmm. a part of that premier club league. They play the... The Earthquakes development team. They play mm -hmm. the Timbers, et cetera, et cetera. So the family's really into soccer. And you know we're into soccer as well. We thought it'd be a good time to go out to Oakland Roots. And it is so much fun. Laney College, kind of a little bit of a janky football mm -hmm. stadium. Where the Raiders started. You're, you're playing on turf. So it's a little bit, it feels a little bit hokey. But yeah. 5,000 fans, food trucks lining up the outside on the campus side of the stadium. You got drummers. You had chants. You had good public address announcements. And I'll tell you what, the caliber of soccer was pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. It ended up in a 1-1 draw with the L.A. team. They play about, I think they played a six-game schedule this year, so very developmental. First time that they've had a league, and I think it's considered Tier 3, quote-unquote, of American professional soccer. But next time they come out, I, I cannot encourage people enough to go out and see the Oakland Roots. It was really, really fun. Yeah, it was really... I mean, I, I every game that I saw, I was working. I was working on the weekends. I couldn't go. But Oaklandish is involved. They helped design the uniforms. Lover boy, right? Working for the weekends? Yeah, that's so right. You were working on the weekends. That's right. And I'll do a Chippendale dance to that as well. Okay. <laughs> the 300-pound chip. Almost there. That would be Chip and Dale, literally. <laughs> 300. <laughs> that got creepy, Alvin. Um... 
That's right. That's Alvin and Chippen. That's not Chippendale. No, but close enough. But um, speaking of the Morgans, yesterday, Alex Morgan announced that she's pregnant with a little girl. Congratulations. Her and her husband, uh, Mr. Carrasco, they're expecting in April of 2020. So when you said Morgan, I remember that as well. And uh, her husband is a prof- was a professional soccer player for a while. So I'm sure that this little girl, when she's born, will probably be into the violin. Yes, and I would imagine she's immediately put into the Portland Thorns development <laughs> program if she hasn't already. Right. And shout out the Thorns, the only women's professional soccer team I could come up with here. That's, the good, that's, that's not bad. That's not bad. And I would have gone with the Cyber Rays. That's not bad. If it was 1996, <laughs> Brandy Chastain is not right. kicking through that door. Right. Rick Tittle and Dan Dibley gloss the Supremo. Quick look at the Premier League schedule before we get our closing thoughts. Yes. We highlighted, obviously, the big one, which is Sunday at, I guess, 9.30. I yeah. thought it was 8.30. It's 9.30. No, they wanted to make sure I was working. And they wanted to make sure that all American football audiences were unable to watch because with the kickoffs at 10 o'clock, even yeah. though our local teams don't play, you got the red zone conflict. So that's going to be an interesting one. And then uh, Norwich and Man U, Arsenal and Palace also at 9.30 on Sunday. Saturday, a bit of an, an odd slate, I would say. Nothing too... Exciting, in my opinion. The Citizens are hosting Aston Villa, Chelsea at Burnley, and it all kicks off with a the surprise, maybe, of the season. Leicester, mm-hmm. at how well they've done, they're playing at Southampton. Yeah, Leicester is, uh, you know, the, do you know about Vardy Gate? I do, about uh, his wife yeah. and the wife of... Uh, What's her name? It's uh, It was uh, Colleen um, Rooney. Colleen, oh, Colleen Rooney. Rooney, yeah. And she said that uh, she, you know, went on her social media and she blocked everyone except a couple people that she thought was leaking these inside stories to the Sun and other tabloids. And she said, "I found out who it is. It is seven periods more than the regular ellipsis, Rebecca Vardy." Right. And so Rebecca Vardy then said, "I'm heavily pregnant. I can't believe you don't trust me, Colleen. I didn't do it." So this was called Vardy Gate. Right. When I was in England, everyone was talking about, then they started calling her Wagatha Christie. <laughs> Wives and girlfriends, <laughs> yes. which is what the wag is. It's very good. And, Wagatha Christie. <laughs> and so on Saturday, when Jamie Vardy scored, Gary Lineker tweeted, it's seven periods, Jamie Vardy. <laughs> nice. And then there, somebody did this really professional VAR and it said, decision, it's Rebecca Vardy. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. Yeah. So they're really going with it over there. But uh yeah, Vardy Gate, that was the big story. Very salacious, though, when you talk about the wife of one player basically hating on and leaking bad things about another a former English Premier player, mm-hmm. obviously Rooney over here in the States now. It's just such a bad look. Yeah. Rooney's getting ready to go back, too. Remember, he's going to be taken over at uh, Derby County, right? It's going to be player manager. Player manager. And yeah. Are they championship or are they uh, first yeah. division? They're, they're, they're still in the championship. Yeah, the Rams. The Rams, I remember they used to play at the old baseball ground. And I asked a friend in the uh, early 90s, and he said that there was an American air base there, and they used to play baseball. Then they put a stand around it, and they played soccer. But it was just funny, the baseball ground. It's fantastic. It's like the Johnny Bench in the baseball bunch. <laughs> this was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.